Hello, I'm Patricia, and this is the Poetry Bee Podcast. You are all most welcome. I've got a bit of a cold, so apology for the tone of my voice this time. So anyway, I have a rare treat for you. Renku. And not just one, but two of them. And hidden in amongst them is a question for you that I really hope someone will have an answer to. I'll remind you later. Technically, I was challenged for this recording. Zoom did not always allow for things to run smoothly. But before I bring you our friends and poets, let me give you a little bit of info that you shouldn't miss out on. Well, as I record this, the year is closing. You might be able to hear another storm in the background. And we have just one more submission call available. Our YouTube prompt. A link's going to be in the show notes. Do get your poems into the comments section. It's also your last chance to get your haiku in front of me for consideration for Touchstone nominations. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Keep our Linda busy. We'll take a break from submissions for December, but we will be back in the new year with lots more opportunities for you to get published. Speaking of which, get yourself signed up on the mailing list for a number of reasons. You'll get to know next year's topics a little bit earlier than most people. You'll get special invitations to write, and next year you really don't want to miss that. We've got lots of exciting things happening at Poetry P. Now, there may be no submission call out in December, but there will be a full podcast schedule. Do visit with us every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube. There are new developments over at YouTube, so do make sure you're subscribed to Poetry P, or you might miss out. Anyway, in December we'll announce our Touchstone nominations and have more original poetry for you as well as a workshop to help you with January's submissions. Okay, well I think that's it for now. Shall we go and meet the first poets? Matt Snyder, Debbie Kalodji and Joanne Morecambe and hear them read. Unfortunately, Laughing Waters and Joshua Gage couldn't make it so Matt's reading Laughing Waters verses and I'm reading Josh's. Spot my deliberate mistake. All I will say in my defence is, I'm not a drinker, and our poet pals were too polite. For this recording of our Renku, I'm joined by a number of poets that you've met on the podcast before. Matt Snyder, who superbly led this Renku and kept everything going. Hello, Matt. Hi, Patricia. Good to be here. <laughs> Lovely to have you. Joanne Morecambe. Hello, Joanne. Hello, Patricia and everyone. And Deborah P. Galoggi, of course, you know, too. Hi, Debbie. Hi, how are you, Joan? I'm sure our listeners will agree that it's really something to hear a poet read their own work. And I really thank you most sincerely for coming along today and agreeing to do this for us. So without further ado, I'll ask our poets to read their Renku to us. Matt, perhaps you could give us the title and start the reading. The title is Wing to Wing, and the poem goes like this. 
a nightingale interrupting my handiwork at the sink. A ball bouncing by the child, a robin. Evening rain, swelling its throat, the frog. Origami, unfolding leaf in the cup. Full pink moon, cherry blossoms all aglow. Deep tree shade, we unpack the picnic. Light clatter of shell chimes, patio ants. Algae colon punctuates another round of mites. Bonfire slowly calms down the beat of her feet. Halloween party, Satan's impish grin. The red gold leaves of poison ivy first to drop. Heirloom ornament, the cat's innocence. Frozen ground, the burial service on hold. In the Boot Sudan's lacquer, a glint of spring moon. Desert sunrise, my demons among the ghost flowers. Adult child sprouting new words at 40. Sunflower's dark face turns to a son, the farmer's daughter. Streaking the cloudless night, a flying saucer. Heat lightning licks the starry sky below the ISS. The shriek of the knife biting off my left ear. Howling wind, the homeless shelter door slams shut. A handful of dirt from Spruce Island Chapel. A yule log's flame tongue in and out, sleeping dog chasing a cat. Falling snow, chimney smoke rises. Flying fish kites between stormy clouds. Wing to wing, eagles. Another drone strike in Kabul. Another dead child among the irises. Open door. Our backyard dotted with Easter eggs. Wild grass field. Popping sounds of quail's wings. Thunder moon. Smoke after fireworks. Green dust settles all over my foot, wolf's part. Lotus pod turns downward, the red dragonfly. Harvest festival, I scoop up corn dollies. On the feast of St. Francis, would you too kiss the hand of a leper? Her fingers tremble, snowman cookies. Poinsettias, festive on the doorstep, carolosh. Clear March sky, cardinals chirping. Brilliant, thank you very much. I wanted to say to you all that there were some links and shifts that blew me away in this Renku. I sometimes got the impression when I was reading it to myself 
that you were really sparking off each other to write this piece. And I did wonder if you were all sitting in a room enjoying a great deal of booze at one stage. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Matt, um, tell me, how did you decide on the title? How did we decide on the title? Yeah. We we traded quite a number of emails pitching ideas off of each other. And I think that we had a discussion of, of approaches to the title whether it would be a phrase from the poem or something more environmental, ethereal, or some some more pointed way of coming at the poem. And I think we ended up debating amongst a few fragments from the poem. And you can see we chose um, from, I think it's Laughing Waters verse, the title Wing to Wing, but that came from the verse flying fish kites between stormy clouds, wing to wing, eagles, which was, I think, at, in my view, kind of uh, around the peak of the poem's energy, like in that third page, we really, I think, um, you said sparked, I think we really were sparking along. And mm-hmm. I am glad that the title came from there. Yeah. Is, is, is that how you two felt, Joanne and Debbie? Yeah, and also, in addition to it being the energy, we start with a nightingale and end with a cardinal, a cardinals. And so it's kind of like the red goes for full circle, wing to wing. Yes, good point. Did you want to add anything to that, Joanne? Uh, there was quite a lively discussion, which, which was very interesting. <laughs> now, this Renku was written by a group of poets from just one continent, North America. And I wondered if this would make make the poem uh, a more monotone piece. But to be honest with you, I think you sent that that idea right out the window. And I think afterwards, when after I'd read it, I thought perhaps I didn't give the very mixed cultural melting pot of North America enough credence. Obviously, so many cultures mixed together on that continent from so many historical times as well. So I'd like to ask each of you what you think your culture and interests brought brought to the table. Debbie, what do you think? I hadn't really thought of, I mean, obviously, a lot of my verses have to do with personal experiences. I mean, you know, you look at deep tree shade, we unpack picnic. So I see myself unpacking a picnic. And I kind of got there from cherry blossoms because of a trip to Japan where they have the hanami, you know, and people are under the cherry trees. I mean, when you think of cherry tree viewing until I went there, I thought of something more esoteric, but they're really just parties under the cherry blossoms. And so that's how I went from cherry blossoms to a picnic. And, and so I think our experiences, and it's not just culture, I think it's just our experiences in life, because that first came about because of me having, you know, picnics every July, you know, Fourth of July picnic, then also going and seeing these Haname celebrations with the cherry blossoms in Japan, because I was there in cherry blossom season. So I, I think there's just it's it's our culture in the sense of what we experienced in our lives but it but I think 
all of our life experiences bring something to a red coon because what's wonderful about working with other poets is they say something and it triggers a memory or it triggers something and then you go with it. Joanne, what do you think? Uh, well, I, I would I would agree with Deborah and I would add that uh, living in Canada, weather weather is a factor, especially cold weather, <laughs> because we have long winters here. So, in in reviewing mine, I see that fall and winter fact factor in to mine. The last the last link, clear March sky. It's more. It's actually more of a win, winter mu- month than a spring month. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I, I had winter in mind as as well when I wrote that one. I identify with your your final verse. The not not necessarily the cardinals because I don't think we get them here, but the clear March sky. And as you say, because we're in the same boat as you with the long winters. Although right. it's it's sort of towards the end of March, it should be spring here. I can just see that clear March sky, but with all the snow, all the yes. snow still still covering my garden. You know? Like, please, please yes. go away. I've I've had yeah. it by then, um, so I, I I totally get that. Matt, Matt, what do you think? I definitely agree with what Debbie and Joanne commented about personal experiences. I think one thing I loved about our experience of writing together was we definitely all started from there and. You know, maybe in the dinner party metaphor of the Renku, you unavoidably, I mean, we're all getting to know each other and it's literally a sharing. And so that's where you're coming from. And I think I see themes from me of like bird watching and family um, early on. But then as we were began sparking, um, you know, I think we really pulled each other into a, a new place. Mm-hmm. And so the later verses reflect that. Um, and the, I think that, I found what I was writing was, you know, linking back to something that Josh put in that really pulled me in a new direction, which I loved and appreciated. And I, I think that opened us up. I also find that I, I can't speak for others, but I went back to, I think, some personal experiences in a more open way later in the poem. Um, you know, I have one about adult child, new words at 40, um, that is something I don't think I would have even thought about sharing early in the poem. I thought I thought that was a really interesting verse, actually. Do you want to give us a bit of background on that one, or is it too personal? No, uh, sure. So um, adult child, if you don't know the term, it's a term used for um, people who I think realize later in life the impact of their parents' alcoholism from oh. when they were a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the poem um, is coming from that place of realization and learning a new vocabulary in midlife to speak to these early experiences. And I wouldn't share that at the start of a dinner party, but perhaps two hours in after everyone else has been sharing, you know, you really feel closer and more willing to open up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I felt that very clearly throughout this, this Renku that um, you really did. You, it felt like you got quite close to one another and quite yeah. open with, with one another with, with that really really interesting and another interesting spin i think it was as you said you and josh again heat lightning licks the starry sky below the iss which josh follows with the the shriek of the knife biting off my left ear and i thought that's so josh he's taken i think the starry sky and the van gogh 
I, the idea of Van Gogh and the, and the knife. At least that's the way I'm looking at it there. And there were so many of those where you've sparked off, off one another with those wonderful sort of shifts and, and links. Joanne's Frozen Ground, the burial service, well, coming from, actually coming from Debbie's heirloom on ornament, The Cat's Innocence, to Joanne's Frozen Ground, and then on to Joshua, to the, the Butsudan's lacquer, a glint of spring moon, and and so on, and just yeah. lovely images, one following another. It was it was just super. And, and again, keep it, keeping it going, as you said, your adult child, followed by Laughing Water's Sunflowers, superb. I really, really enjoyed reading your Renku. Thank you very much. Before I ask this wonderful group of, of poets, and I was thinking about this, what, what do you think the collective noun for a group of poets should be? Because I was I've Googled it and I can't find anything. I have I have a, a thought. I'm gonna go with an anthology of poets. Anyone else want to chip <laughs> in with with an idea? Anyone anyone know what it officially is? Maybe dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it could be. But I wanted to thank, um, in the in the spirit actually of dinner parties, I suppose. I wanted to thank Joshua, although he's not here, but he can listen to it later, for introducing me to. Um, and I don't know if I pronounced it right, algae colon, um, because I got distracted listening. He's a he's a musician. I got distracted listening to his work on YouTube, and I've fallen quite way behind my own now. Um, thank you, Joshua, for that one. And so, Matt, would you lead off your Renku again for us to finish? Wing to wing. A nightingale interrupting my handiwork at the sink. A ball bouncing by the child, a robin. Evening rain swelling its throat, the frog. Origami, unfolding leaf in the cup. Full pink moon, cherry blossoms all aglow. Deep tree shade, we unpack the picnic. Light clatter of shell chimes, patio amps. Algae colon punctuates another round of maites. Bonfire slowly calms down the beat of her feet. Halloween party, Satan's impish grin. The red gold leaves of poison ivy burst to drop. Heirloom ornament, the cat's innocence. Frozen ground, the burial service, on hold. In the Butte Sudan's lacquer, a glint of spring moon. Desert sunrise, my demons among the ghost flowers. Adult child sprouting new words at 40. Sunflower's dark face turns to a son, the farmer's daughter. Streaking the cloudless night, a flying saucer. Heat lightning licks the starry sky below the ISS. The shriek of the knife biting off my left ear. Howling wind, the homeless shelter door slams shut. <laughs>
A handful of dirt from Spruce Island Chapel. A yule log's flame tongue in and out, sleeping dog chasing a cat. Falling snow, chimney smoke rises. Flying fish kites between stormy clouds, wing to wing, eagles. Another drone strike in Kabul. Another dead child among the irises. Open door. Our backyard dotted with Easter eggs. Wild grass field. Popping sounds of quail's wings. Thunder moon. Smoke after fireworks. Green dust settles all over my foot. Wolf's part. Lotus pod turns downward, the red dragonfly. Harvest festival. I scoop up corn dollies. On the feast of St. Francis, would you, too, kiss the hand of a leper? Her fingers tremble, snowman cookies. Poinsettias, festive on the doorstep. Carolosh. Clear March sky, cardinals chirping. Thank you. That was lovely. And I thank you all very much for writing it, for sparking so many wonderful ideas off each other and for coming along today and reading to us. Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was a fun thank you. experience. Okay, I know mispronunciation is very annoying, so I'm going to have another go. Algie colon punctuates another round of my ties. Thanks for bearing with me. Hope it didn't ruin it for you. So, my poet friends, what is the collective noun for a group of poets? Do email me. Perhaps we'll have a poll. How do you follow up? That brilliant piece of poetry. With another one, of course. Next up, Nick Hoffman, Eric Nicholson, Sangeeta Kalarakal, Milan Rajkumar. Without, I'm afraid, Lakshmi Ayer, who was unable to join us. But in the first run-through, I'm going to read all her verses. And in the second, Sangeeta's going to help me out. Because my pronunciation is a bit off. Thanks, Sangeeta. Despite a power cut, which knocked Milan out for a little while, we made a great recording for you. Here it is. Hello, Nick. Hello. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. And Eric Nicholson. Hello, Eric. Hello. Now, if you're a regular to the podcast, you'll have heard these two before because they read to us uh, when we last did a Renku on the podcast, and I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to go back to it. And today I'm really delighted to say that we're also joined by Sangeeta Kalarikal. Hello, Sangeeta. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Milan, Eric, and Nick. Hello. And Milan. Greetings, Hi. Milan. Hi. Greetings, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lakshmi Aya was meant to be with us but sadly can't join us today and Lakshmi if you're listening and I'm sure you will be 
I will do my best to read your part of the Renku. And Sangeeta has helped me with pronunciation. And if I get it wrong, it's not her fault. It's entirely mine. So. You're kind. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, I'm going to ask our poets to read the Renku to us. And as we did with the last Renku, we'll start with the opening verse written by Chigetsu. And Nick, perhaps you could give us the title and start the reading for us. Renku is called Spring Table. A nightingale interrupting my handiwork at the sink. Whistling to an old tune on the kitchen radio. Gazing out the window, not seeing a leaf unfurl. All along the fence crawls the clematis. Moon drunk, the wind chimes sing out of tune. A lone traveller picks up the fallen leaves. Warmth of the bonfire cupped in his hands in the bag. Sipping tea, sweetened with the stars. Outside in sunshine, rap from an open door sends me back inside. Through the chimney shoot, a wildling song. Never-ending wall. Eleven's cold wakes up the seer. I take up the challenge to let go my inhibitions. Closing my eyes, I see the worlds beyond the world. An old woman sits outside, knitting. Sia disturbs her silver hair. Estonian lace, not a wrinkle out of place. Synthetic jackets for the seared sheep. Autumn breeze in the folk stories told and retold. Returning to Tirnanog, a white horse races the waves. Seagulls wheeling above the cliffs, above the surf. A woman gazes at her own wrist, wondering what it is. Sea laps from sand into the horizon, approaching thoughts fade. The posture of a temple for my demented mother. Vishukani, a spring table kept near the window. All day the hiss and pop of firecrackers. Suns high in blue sky. An angry blackbird unseen in Mahonia. A sweat bead inches down her tanned hand. The still shadow of an ornithologist on the still water. A lone hummingbird leaves its nest. Morning stars, he drags his luggage to the waiting taxi. No longer providing a service. Imbecile illusions of happiness. Chaffinch and chiff-chaff, singing a rich high duet. Mercury rises. An eclipse in desolation. Far off twinkles remain. 
this reckoning dream of mushroom clouds somewhere, someday. An orange dawn reminds us of a new beginning. Early morning chorus, the lively chatter of DJs. A shiver of anticipation for the coming winter. Lovely. Those, those are beautiful verses, which I thought took a slightly surreal turn around verse 11, Milan's verse, the never-ending yeah. wall, a raven's call wakes up the seer. I thought you went off in a very interesting direction at, <laughs> at that stage. You took it up, and I think Lakshmi followed that up with, with um, letting go their inhibitions, and I, I felt that go on throughout. And I've also thought that there were ideas of mythology and religion from a variety of cultures mentioned within the, the Renku. I wondered if that came from the cultural variation of the poets within. And so I'm going to ask you all in turn what you think you, you your culture, your experience brought to the Renku. And Nick, I'm going to start with you. What, what do you think? My background is German and Irish, so I definitely brought some Irish point of view into it, particularly with the Tiernan Oak uh, verse, yeah. which I thought was kind of nice to, to, to be able to do that. I, I think I was partly inspired to do that by having people bring in their own, you know, as you were saying, like the different influences coming into the poem. I think that kind of sparked me to do that as well. I was very pleased you said the, you read that verse, Tiernan Oak. What, what do we know about Tiernan Oak? <laughs> I think it's it's the land of eternal youth, basically, in Irish mythology. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, and there's a myth, the names escape me at the moment, but there's a, a myth where a woman, she was a princess of that land, came to Ireland, and she met um, one of the Fianna. Uh-huh. He decided to go back to Tiernanog with her, and he spent, they got married, and he spent three years in Tiernanog, but then he got homesick, and he wanted to come back to Ireland. Mm-hmm. So she told him not to she gave him a magical horse, the white horse that it's in the, in the verse, and uh, told him not to get off the horse while he was in Ireland. So he comes to Ireland, and of course something happens, different stories where either the battle breaks or he gets down to help some people move a rock, I think. And immediately he ages 300 years, because oh. 300 years passed in the three years. So then the horse ran off itself and returned to Tiernanoa without him. Typical. Kind of sad. Yeah, typical, yeah. <laughs> you got to <Thanks>. listen. <laughs> Thanks, Don't Nick. get off the horse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should always listen when a woman talks to you anyway, Nick. Exactly. Yeah, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> Eric, um, what do you think? How, how do you feel about this mysticism and symbolism throughout the, the poem? Well, uh, I'm a Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I- I don't know whether that has any bearing on any of my contributions, possibly the one about the woman looking at her wrist and uh, wondering what it is, seems to question um, our identity, our everyday self, perhaps balanced with the um, deeper self or the if you like to use the term mystical, yes, uh, maybe they, there's a, a slight mystical uh, flavour to to that. 
I thought you brought the poem back into sort of the, the into a realm of realism with your verse, Sun's High in Blue Sky, an Angry Blackbird Unseen in Mahonia. I thought that brought it down. We'd been off on our flights as fantasy and then we were coming back and things yeah. were, mm -hmm. the poem was drawing to its, its end and you were sort of, that's the point at which I could see it drawing into its end. So thank you, Eric. Thank you for that. Sangeeta, what about you? Did I get Vishnukani right? Um, More or less. The emphasis, it, you know, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> because uh, we get what it, what it means. We, we always understand your pronunciation, uh, Patricia. Um, so tell me, Sangeeta, yeah. what, do you, what do you think um, you brought culturally and, and experientially to the, the poem? I think more than my cultural background as regards to um, religion and other uh, traditions, I think I brought in my love of uh, gardening in and my, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I miss the sea. Uh, right now I'm in inland, you know, Minnesota, we're, mm -hmm. we're landlocked, right? Yeah, but I miss the sea. I I grew up uh, in Bombay, you know, just mm -hmm. just a few minutes off the Arabian Sea. So those are the things that it keeps coming back to me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in, in a way, you could call that is my culture, right? And that's kind mm -hmm. of what I brought. Yeah. But uh, the 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 best part about this uh, Renku was that we were all in from different culture and we got to learn a lot. I'm Milan. So Milan. Hi. Hi, what do you, what do you think you brought with your experience? I mean, we were talking before we were recording you and me and Sangeeta about our love of plants, so um, yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying. But what else do you think you brought to this? I think uh, our uh, culture and tradition has just a kind of just brevity in our folk songs mm -hmm. and brevity in our this prayers and brevity in everything. We do not expound. Thank you. Thank you, Milan. It's been a real pleasure um, hearing the poem. And I think we should hear it again so people can really enjoy it. And I would encourage people to go and read it in the journal and enjoy, as I have done, reading it on the page. And I hope everyone enjoys reading it or hearing the reading <clears throat> from our wonderful bunch of poems. So, Nick, could you take us through it again, please? Spring Table. Nightingale interrupting my handiwork at the sink, whistling to an old tune on the kitchen radio. Gazing out the window, not seeing a leaf unfurl. All along the fence crawls the clematis. Moon drunk, the wind chimes swing out of tune. A lone traveller picks up the fallen leaves, warmth of the bonfire cupped in his hands in the bag. Sipping tea, sweetened with the stars. Outside in sunshine, rap from an open door sends me back inside. Through the chimney shoot, a wide length song. Never ending wall. A raven's skull wakes up the seer. I take up the challenge to let go my inhibitions. Closing my eyes, 
I see the world beyond the world. An old woman sits outside knitting. Sea air disturbs her silver hair. Estonian lace, not a wrinkle out of place. Synthetic jackets for the seared sieve. Autumn breeze in the folk stories told and retold. Returning to Tirnanog, a white horse races the waves. Seagulls wheeling above the cliffs, above the surf. A woman gazes at her own wrist, wondering what it is. Sea laps from sand into the horizon. Approaching thoughts fade. The posture of a temple for my demented mother. Ishukkani, a spring table kept near the window. All day, the hiss and pop of firecrackers. Sun's high in blue sky. An angry blackbird unseen in Mahonia. A sweat bead inches down her tanned hand. The still shadow of an ornithologist on still water. A lone hummingbird leaves its nest. Morning stars. He drags his luggage to the waiting taxi. No longer providing a service. Imbecile illusions of happiness. Chaffinch and chiff-chaff singing a rich high duet. Mercury rises. An eclipse in desolation, far off twinkles remain. This recurring dream of mushroom clouds somewhere Sunday. An orange dawn reminds us of a new beginning. Early morning chorus, the lively chatter of DJs. A shiver of anticipation for the coming winter. Thank you to all of you for creating such a wonderful poem, for such a wonderful Renku. I've really enjoyed reading it and I've enjoyed hearing the stories of culture and experience that are behind it. Nick, you did brilliantly as always, but you all did well. You know, your influences and your interests and your culture all came through and I just think it made a really special piece of work. Did you notice that both Renkus started with the same verse? I'll put it in the show notes so you can have a read. I thought it would be an interesting experiment to see what would happen if two groups had the same hoku to start. Well, they showed me. Two very different but wonderful pieces of work. I hope you agree. Thank you to all the poets who took part in the Renku. They'll be featured in Journal 223 this year. And as it's in progress, I've not put them in the show notes. Poets on the mailing list will get to know about the journal's publication first. So make sure you sign up if you're not on it. And... As a bonus, both Nick and Matt, possibly under duress, said they'd happily lead Renku again 
So if you're interested, do let me know. Thanks for being with me today. Email me, let me know what the common noun for a group of poets is, if you know it. Let me know if you'd like to join in a Renku. And definitely let me know how you're feeling about the podcast. I do want to know, good or bad. And if you have a few coppers to spare, do buy us a coffee, because we rely on donations. See you again next week for more Poetry P. But until then, keep writing. There'll be a few details in the show notes, but if you need anything else, let me know. Ciao!